Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This week in league, if you drink and drive, it's not all good. The undefeated team of destiny. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Prepares for their home semi-final at Cooter Beach. Lottie Takiri launches his bid to become the revelation of the 2014 Irish Reserve Grade Rugby season. Plus, we preview all of the action for the first round of finals action. Well, and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 137 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, feedback. We've got so much feedback this week, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, to the Twitter stuff first, though. Uh, NS Bear China. Uh, we, we had a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week, when we were talking about the um, the location of the, the Manly 40-0 grand final beer cooler cool. over, over there in Seattle. And... Uh, about a week ago, it was after the show uh, went to air last time, but he did tweet us and said, um, one more week in Seattle before back to China, the search for the source of the stubby holder begins, probably some Chinese factory. Then he tweeted, I was literally favoriting tweets to put him in for the show tonight, and um, a new one came in, and he's, uh, he said, uh, stubby holder update, the person who gave it away had a cousin who visited, gave them a load of maroon stuff they clearly didn't want. There were also T-shirts last seen on Seattle's homeless. Apparently, <laughs> a hash regift. So I think we've we've come to the end of the search of uh, <laughs> the, how a manly a stubby cooler and apparently other stuff as well made it all the way over there to Seattle amongst people who weren't actually manly fans. Someone gave it away to rid themselves of the filth. Well, I say it was someone who was trying to you know class up and do something nice because you know like Seattle. I mean, you know they got the Mariners and in, in baseball and they've got the, the Seahawks. You know, shit house team. And so he's probably trying the basketball team anymore. Probably trying exactly, exactly. It's a town. It's a, it's a place. It's not you know. It's just it's it's a vortex of sport. It's so, like Cronulla. It's like Cronulla. It's exactly. Cronulla with accents. Exactly, and 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 like three hundred days of rain a year, and so basically, yeah. The idea is that you know let's try and you know take a bit of fucking victory and a bit of sporting you know a bit of, a bit of fucking history you know over there. And, it really uh, is like Cronulla because they've got the Space Noodle, and Cronulla has you know like lots of noodles. It's full really... of fucking junkies, Nathan. Is Cronulla really full fucking of junkies? Cunts. Wow. It's unleashed on Cronulla's <laughs> yeah, did you really population. Yeah, something, yeah, okay. So, clearly you got a problem In with In summary, Cronulla. fuck Cronulla. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, Blue underscore Beaver said, My vote for revelation of the NRL season is letters. Turned his psychosis around from liability to weapon, best prop all year. 
except for you know that elbow, people's elbow, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. He, but he does have that psychotic stuff in him still. I mean, and, and there's been other times as well. Call this it season. fruitless. Yeah, I mean, let's yeah, not get carried away. Um, then we got um, just a shout out to Nismo Raiders who was uh pimping the uh, the podcast out on Twitter and, and including us in there and trying to get people to listen to it. So good on him. Uh, Dashing Dan won. I heard today the Eels are already out of the Nines tournament. They couldn't find nine good enough players <laughs> <laughs> to turn it on his own team like that. It's fucking... It's, it's actually... It's quite sad. Uh, Sammy Boy, 1986. This is a tweet. This is obviously for you. Sammy Boy, 1986. Cox win minor premiership. Sam squirrel grip. George's photo. What's his bite. Year of the cock. And he's got hash Cox on the rise. Hash Glenn's fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys have got me all wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned, you know, penis once or twice on the show. You guys have got a real problem. Uh, Dashing Dan won. He um, he tweeted us on Saturday. He said, uh, out voting in my t- hash Tigers in decline shirt and there's no sausage sizzle at this school. Hash voting in decline. So. How? Who who let that? That was Dashing Dan. Yeah, well, well, you know, they let everyone vote. It really is a true democracy. It is. It is. The democracy's failed. <laughs> did, you, um, did you end up going to Jackson School? No, they didn't have it there. Damn. So, 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 did you have a spread where you end up going? We went. We finished soccer last game of the season. Finished with a close four victory. Jackson, one of his best goals of the season. Just saying, and uh, put the gear back in the car and walked down to the school. Um, we actually play on the oval of the yeah. school there, so we walked in. Fuck me, the line. Yeah. Oh, tell you what. Wasn't happy about the fucking line. I stood there for a good forty-five minutes. Fucking hell, that's a long time. And yeah. I don't mind standing in line, but and Jackson was pretty well occupied with for something the phone. good. Yeah, <laughs> Jackson was pretty well preoccupied with the phone. He was playing games. Nicklin was just there, just standing idly by. And my mum doesn't mind a whinge. Yeah. And she can't handle the silence, so she's got to like make comments about the weight and the line and. How she hates voting in general. Wouldn't have had to wait this long at Ed's. Oh, no, you wouldn't have. You, wouldn't have. you would have probably lost your handbag. <laughs> yeah. But um, Come back to find your car up on blocks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the funny story about my mate who lived in Campbelltown also? Okay. But, so he wasn't really in that great a position. Didn't, lived in a nice house and all the rest of it. But um, he... He come up to visit and he was talking to some of my mates and they're like fucking Eds, eh? And he's like, yeah, Eds. You know, there's no traffic lights in Eds because and they're like, no, really? Because no, no traffic lights in Eds because they found that as soon as the fucking lights go red, before they go green, your car's up on blocks. <laughs> <laughs> so I punch him in the throat. My best mate. So anyway, you're in the line, telling jokes like that to your mum. Yeah. No, it's just, like, don't whinge about it. Yeah. You really don't have a choice. Just shut up, mum. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Celebrate your freedom. Yeah, you're part of a democracy. You're free. You're free. Except in, like, when she's at the house, and then it's like a real dictatorship where <laughs> yeah. I say, cook yeah. my you food. jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. I, I was I went to went to uh, Killer's Future School, where he was going to start going next year, and just the, for the idea was so he could go down there and just have another look at it and, you know, play on the swings there and stuff like that. And um, got there. And they had like a, a food van there with, you know, coffee doing milkshakes and fucking all sorts of shit. Then separate to that, they had a stand there selling cakes. And then separate to that, they had a place selling like soft drinks and uh, doing the sausage sizzle. 
It was magnificent. Awesome. The finest example I've ever seen. And then walked straight in, voted out of there, you know, within three minutes, then went around, you know, had a look where the playground was and, you know, there was someone there. I said, you know, it's all right, we go through there. And he's like, yeah, go for it. So we went through there and subsequently spent about another hour there <laughs> while the kids played on the playground there. So, yeah, it's good. Good times. Democracy still works. At its finest. Um, Glenn Blakely wannabe. Glenn B underscore wannabe. That uh, he's reached 100 followers. Congratulations, Proving that sir. a century of people want to follow the way of Hash the Glen and his teaching. Do you follow him? Uh, well, I saw that, so I must. <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> so, I guess. <laughs> I didn't realise, because let's face it, he's been pretty quiet since we added him. Yeah, like, I really need more activity from the man. Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree. Uh, CA Photo 10. Uh, breaking. Disgust as the Tigers emulate AFL Mad Monday and set their own dwarf on fire. You have just been rushed to the burns unit. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, all season, he's just fucking gone hard at me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's uh, he's your biggest he's your biggest fan and, and worst enemy. Oh well, and biggest critic. <laughs> biggest fan? Do you think he's responsible for the? Uh, the uh, big one no, I don't think so. No. Maybe he's not, not that much of a fan. Not, not smart enough. Yeah. yeah. John Boss eighty eight tweeted us about he basically tweeted us about the, the, the Tebow thing and we were talking about, you know, the Tim Tebow, you know, guest starring for Yeah, a, yeah. And he said, you know, could this be the you know the start of it? And he and he, he sent he sent me an article which didn't have a lot of content in it, but basically he had been released by the Patriots and then you know they, he was thinking about what he was gonna do next and he was gonna get a top line quarterback job next season and you know it's unlikely he'll get something this season. And um I did a bit more looking up about it and um USA rugby sent him a tweet from the uh, CEO and president, Nigel Melville, that he tweeted, said, uh, one door closes, an Olympic rugby door opens for at Tim Tebow. We should talk about our global game. Serious? <laughs> yeah, and he said it wasn't an offer, but it was just a tweet. Uh, Clearly T- that, you T- Yeah, Tebow's come back and said, you know, that he's not interested, you know, in doing it. I mean, he's... Because the thing, when he started his, his uh, football career, he when he went to the, the majors, he, like, he could actually... Yeah, he was like, yeah, he could have been a tight end. Or, or he could have been, you know, and he turned out to be quarterback and he turned out to do okay in the time he was there. But, um, yeah, and this, and this guy from USA Rugby said uh, that uh, he sent him a tweet to let him know there are other options besides playing football in Canada. And they say, maybe it's not so hard to imagine Tebow taking up the sport. After all, it's just three years before Rugby Sevens makes its Olympic debut at the 2016 Summer Games in Rio. And maybe the skills needed to play rugby aren't so far off from professional football. Uh, former Ohio State running back Maurice Claret was playing for Tiger Rugby this summer. And at least one former rugby player has been noticed by an NFL team this summer. After boarding a plane for his first trip in the US in July, Kenya's Daniel Adongo has been signed to the Indianapolis Colts practice squad. Uh, he's a 6'5", 257-pound. He's a linebacker who didn't know how to put a helmet on when he landed in Indianapolis a few weeks ago. He recently played for the Southern Kings of Super 15 Rugby and has been part of Kenya's under-18 and under-19 national rugby teams. So. Well, I mean, good on him for going after him. Having a crack. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. What's he going to do, though? Like- he'll go play CFL, then he'll try and get a starting job somewhere in the NFL next season. Wouldn't you play Arena? Or is that too much of a gimmicky... Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the Canadian football's a high level. Why doesn't he just play, like, lingerie football league? Well, why doesn't he? Mainly because he doesn't have a vagina. Why doesn't he come down and play for, like, you know, the West Tigers? Oh, fucking hell. Therefore, he would grow a vagina and then go back and play lingerie <laughs> football league. Great idea, Nathan. Well, Benji, Benji doesn't like getting his jersey dirty. Quarterbacks obviously avoid getting, you know, the, the tasks to avoid getting hit. 
Benji doesn't mind throwing a long fucking forward pass. <laughs> I mean, they're not they're not losing. It's with Tebow coming here, wasn't Benji over there? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. Benji's behind behind you anyway. Don't worry about it. It's over. You don't have to show me on the doll where he was, where, where, where he touched your team's chances <laughs> ever again. <laughs> um, Facebook. Ian Saguna sent us a couple of messages. Uh, he said, uh, Matt Pryor, with the team running 15th, signs with the team coming 16th. Well, this is obviously before St. George won on the weekend, because let's say 14th, signs with the team coming 16th. Greatest career move since the cat in the hat signed with the Pussycats. He's got hash Matt Pryor in decline. And uh, then he sent us Did another one. He with the Eels. I didn't even hear that. Yeah, signed with the Eels. Wow. Fuck me, you got to be game to go into that war zone. I mean, shit must be bad at the Dragons if you're like, I'm going to jump out of this and go to that. Well, maybe the Dragons said, fuck you, probably we're not giving you another contract. Yeah, and at which he point well, he's like, oh, yeah, please, he'll take me. What are my options? We will. We just sack 12 people. Go on a Mormon mission. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which oh, yeah, is going to be difficult because I'm not a Mormon. Yeah, exactly. Or sign with power. Yep. Which is another religious experience. Yep, without the magic underwear. And uh, Ian sent us another one and said, hey, fellas. You soiled I- magic underwear. <laughs> hey fellas, I've seen more of Burgess's mother's tits flop up and down than the game itself. If I want to see that sort of stuff, I'll go to Sefton Playhouse for their Friday night shower special. This is Friday night football or stripper night special. <laughs> Sefton Playhouse. How much this, how seedy does that sound? Yeah, and I've got I do you know I don't know what the Sefton Playhouse is at all. Like I've got no idea. I should have fucking looked it up. It sounds dodgy. It does. It does. It sounds like a great place. We have to go there. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> Anyone want to buy us drinks at the Sefton Playhouse? We'll be there. <laughs> and last week, you remember that um, that I was talking about uh, Matt Landrigan was talking. Yeah, he, I can't even remember what he was talking about when he, he, he hit us up on Facebook, and I said, oh, I think that's the guy that lives around the corner from where we are. So. Matt Landrigan replies this, thanks for the shout out. Unless you live in a one horse, two pub town, two hours inland from Bundaberg, you've got another handsome rooster living around the corner. If it was me, I would have been around for a Game of Thrones marathon, a gut full of grog and a yarn about what a bunch of cunts the Broncos, Jamie Soward, refs and Robert Louis are. P.S. Get off my dragons. It's a bit like putting shit on a kid with Down syndrome whose father has no parenting skills. And then he said, then I replied, said, you know, sorry mate, mistaken identity. The other guy actually emailed me as well. And he said, uh, I believe my, my grandfather, Changa Landrigan, had the same problem once. <laughs> Because then I got the email from Matt Langlands. <laughs> <He's like silly. laughs> hey guys, I'm Matt. I'm the Matt, the stealth listener who lives around the corner from the Twill Studios. Although I'd love to love to claim the Anthony Watts head job call because it's genius. I don't want to rob the other Matt of his 15 seconds of Twill fame. Thanks for the podcast. Keep up the great work. That's magnificent. And so we come to the uh, the season finale episode of Catwatch. Yeah. Uh, Sauer, uh, from be good. Yeah, Bernard JKD sent us the tweet first and said, oh, yeah, Sauer leads the Broncos to two away wins in two weeks. Somehow, unbelievably, London avoid the wooden spoon. And then we got a more expansive version in the email this afternoon uh, from Sam, uh, Mr. Wars on Twitter. He said, Catwatch this week is brought to you from a toilet bowl in Fulham, London, as I battle with epic gastro. Solid stool is the unattainable dream, and as liquid escapes both ends of my body, he's so rugby league brilliant springs forth from Jamie Soward. He can do no wrong at the moment, and seems to be shitting green eggs and ham covered in sprinkles and sparklers. A win <laughs> would see the Broncos avoid the spoon, and it was looking increasingly unlikely when Hull over the, when, when against Hull over the weekend, they found themselves 16 points down after 20 minutes. Enter Jamie Sauer, the future immortal, in a display that had me fingering my own butthole in feverish excitement. He put on one of the best performances of his miserable life. Like George Rose at a buffet, he was in everything, scoring two tries, kicking a match-turning 40-20, and knocking over four from five conversions. The match even finished with two trademark drop goal attempts. Final score, London Broncos 34, Hull 22. 
They'll be building a Winfield Blues-sponsored soured statue outside the Panthers' world of entertainment before we know it. But even his magic can't save the London Broncos from a dismal spate. They really do look fucked for next year. Their organisation makes Paramount look like Manchester United. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you have it. Oh, God, I miss Sam. What an exciting... Is he coming home? Oh, Never. He's fucking up there in a cushy job for Adidas and everything yeah, now. He's, he's like, he's never, back, co- he's never, never coming back. When's he, like, imagine the money that motherfucker would be earning. Like, I say earning, but I mean, you know, like, Being given siphoning out of, out of Adidas. <laughs> fucking spring your mates a fucking ticket. <laughs> I, mean, I could pay for my own, but it's nowhere near as much fun. Send us some fucking shoes and shit. Yeah. I mean, you got the keys of the cupboard, just fucking... What about just like dun, 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 an endorsement dun, 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 deal? We've spoken about this. Come through that, with yeah. the goods. Yeah, apparently they start. You know, they, they won't like the cut of our jib. And no, no, I was talking about Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and it's sad news to kick off for you, Glenn, unfortunately. Lottie, Lottie Takiri has signed a three-month deal with Irish rugby league, rugby club Leinster, reports the Irish Cli- Irish Times. The 33-year-old former dual international will cover for Springbok fullback Zane Kirshner, who won't return to Leinster from rugby championship commitments until late October. There's a chance that Lottie may return to NRL after the three-month contract is up. One of the sport's most well-known code hoppers, Takiri won 67 caps for the Wallabies between 2003 and 2009, scoring 30 tries before switching back to league in 2010 with a contract for 10 West- hat-tricks. With West Tigers, yeah, yeah. Well, no, five of those were against Namibia. So remember, so uh, with a contract with the West Tigers in the NRL, uh, he suffered broken arms in both 2011 and 2012. I've really enjoyed my time at West Tigers, and will take with me a lot of special memories as well as many friendships I've made with the players and staff. Takiri said, "My first year in 2010 was incredible. To come back from rugby and to achieve what I did was a great feeling. It was a great side to be a part of it, but unfortunately, we fell one game short of the grand final. I would just like to thank former coach Tim Sheens for giving me the opportunity to again play in the NRL. I also enjoyed working under Mick Potter." This season, for all the fucking twenty-three minutes. Don't don't bag Lottie. I mean, he's a great man. He was the inaugural revelation of the NRL season. Doesn't have the most durable arms that you've ever seen. No, he does have chalky, chalky bones. Mm. His uh, Mrs. Marsh. Yep. Could have used his arms in her ads. <laughs> <laughs> Dipped them in purple chalk and snapped. Like the Klein goes into this chalk. <laughs> <laughs> like the Klein seeps into this chalk. <laughs> this chalky, chalky bone of Lottie's. I wish the great man well. Um, I look forward to uh, someone tweeting it. I mean, how the fuck are we going to hear about Leinster? I guarantee games? you that people over in the UK or somewhere... Lottie Watch. Will get, the get Sam to go out and take his diarrhea out to Ireland. <laughs> yeah, take, take your gastro on tour and fucking, you know, <laughs> stain some Daltons in, in fucking in, in, oil, in the Emerald Isle. <laughs> Magical malfunctioning bowel tour. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. How do we get from Lottie to there? Because you fucking said Sam's going to do di- take his diarrhea over there. Look, I'm sure it was like someone... one degree of separation. He went straight from Lottie <laughs> to, diarrhea. to diarrhea, which is which is which is an amazing parallel, really, to how he went in rugby league in his second stint. <clears throat> um, I look forward to Lottie watch. Yeah. Someone, t- I mean, we don't have the energy, and really, do they even? Leinster. I mean, have you ever heard of that side before today? Of course you have. Have you ever heard of that place? Who's even heard of Ireland? Where is that? 
Yeah, it sounds like a made-up place. Yeah. Don't, I'm pretty sure it doesn't even exist. Yeah. And they spelled it wrong too. It should be I-S-L-A-N-D, shouldn't it? I think so. <laughs> I can't spell either variant. <laughs> All right. Um, Mitch Allgood. Dickhead, we already know what a self-destructive wanker he is when he when he tried to fucking start up with Steve Matai. But uh, Parramatta's disastrous season has ended with forward Mitch Allgood being charged for drink driving after Mad Monday celebrations. Eels officials confirmed the incident occurred on Monday night, but are still unaware of his reading. After Sunday's loss to the Knights, a furious coach, Ricky Stewart, cancelled the club's Mad Monday party. A number of partners... <laughs> He's just cutting them all over the place. He's like, what about he cancels their Mad, mad Monday and then fucks off? He's like, I'm going to join Canberra's Mad Monday. You guys have a exactly. great time. A number of players still met at a Parramatta hotel, but most were home by 6pm. The Eels released a statement saying Allgood was remorseful. The Pertech Parramatta Eels can confirm player Mitchell Allgood has been charged with driving under the influence of alcohol, the statement said. The Eels are currently undertaking an internal investigation and have notified the NRL Integrity Unit. This is a police matter and will be dealt with accordingly. At the completion of an internal investigation, the club will consider the appropriate disciplinary action for this breach of the NRL and club codes of conduct. Allgood is incredibly remorseful for his actions and understands the danger he not only puts himself in but also general club. The club will be making no further comment on the matter at this stage. Imagine if the policeman that pulled him over had cornrows. Imagine was like of, you know, Maori appearance. Yeah. I'm saying... Imagine if he looked like Steve Maddow. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that would have I mean, saved him right up. He would have dislocated his shoulder and broken his neck right out the fucking ticket and been trying to put the handcuffs on the kid. Yeah, but, all good would have been dead sober, though, too. He wouldn't have the arrest him. That would have saved him right real quick. The fucking thought of him in death. That is the thing. This is what people aren't, aren't, aren't thinking of. The angle they're not thinking about. I think the kid needs help. He's fucked up. He's made a terrible mistake. Put him through two weeks of rehab. Put him back on the right path. I'm just saying he's made a terrible mistake fucking with Steve Matai. And he's carrying around this burden of like retribution. He knows it's going to come, but he doesn't know where. So he's fucking looking over his shoulder. He's peeking around every corner. He's obviously turned to drink. He's taking trying, the ball you know, up four times a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the kid, the kid needs help. I mean, you know... He needs rehab. You know, two weeks, I hear, is the going rate. They need to pay off Matai or something just to, say, like, just, to, just to visit him and say, look, I'm not going to bash your ass. You know, just, uh, just, you know, just fucking chill. You know, sober up. Don't drink yourself into an early grave are you okay hash are you okay like, shit like that you know are you all good mitchell send it yeah are you all good send him to send him to fucking beyond blue or something you know because i mean the kid's clearly suffering from you know incredible mental problems and speaking of mental problems i just like to say i saw some fucking idiots on twitter today mo's being their fucking heads off talking about fucking oh he's shown remorse so that's a good thing like to put a fucking positive spin on this story Oh, he hasn't shown any fucking remorse. That's a canned fucking PR exactly. release. Oh, he's very remorseful for his action. No, he he doesn't look like to look like a dickhead. Yeah. Well, I say he doesn't like to look like a dickhead, but he's making a fucking habit of it. So some Parramatta fans are fucking keep it real like Param- this season. They're Parramatta they're, fans are fucking idiots. Well, the, a lot of them. No, but there's been Parramatta. Every single one of them. There's been Parramatta. There's been Parramatta fans this year that are keeping it real and like obviously are not accepting the fucking terrible performances delivered by their club and everything like that. That doesn't mean but they're not idiots. But there's some doesn't. But that doesn't matter. I mean, they're the fucking they're the lesser of the evil. Then you got these fucking imbecile apologists who are like bright side of everything. Fucking on Pollyanna, everything's going to work out just fine. The club's in a fucking shithole. This guy's a dickhead for being a drink driver. He hasn't shown any fucking remorse because it's a canned statement that wasn't even fucking written out in his voice. It was just like the eels this and fucking blah blah blah. So I don't get your Mosby or your Pollyanna references. All right, you fucking will though. It's when I explain pointless to you. firing up to me. I'm the fire up me. to you. I'm no, no, up you've to got that people. silly look on your face, I'm and to you're, the yelling, you're yelling at me, Nathan. You know, I don't think it's very fair I'll because f- I don't really care. 
Og fik det Parramatta. Og fik og fik det og fik det her. I kigger over der silly look, and I just realised what that silly look is. It's a, it, must, it always lines up with when I'm trying to fucking explain a really simple concept to you that you're clearly not fucking getting, <laughs> like a film reference or something. <laughs> so it's actually my fucking sheltered workshop teacher face. <laughs> it's my oh, I have to write a fucking essay in crayon. How do I? Yeah, how do I fucking explain this? Like I'm talking to my fucking two-year-old daughter, eighteen-month-old daughter. Get her to explain it. <laughs> And then I usually fucking dumb it down a bit further from there. How fucking rude. <laughs> anyway, in summary, Mitchell Allgood is a fucking tool. Yep. Georgie, George Rose, is deep in negotiations to join Melbourne Storm next season. What a fucking traitorous motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Settle down. You said this before off air too. And it's, it's just not cool. He's off contract at the end of the season. He's been told by the Seagulls that he is surplus to their requirements. Several clubs have expressed interest in the, uh, they call it a premiership winning prop, which is actually true. But like, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't sound right when you say it. It doesn't roll the tongue. But it uh, looks like the Tony Storm... Tony is a premiership winning player too, yeah, I might add. Yeah, true. Uh, but it, most likely destination will be uh, at the Melbourne Storm. And... Um, And then they go on. This article goes on to, to fluff Georgie up and talk about you know in, Indigenous All Stars. This and he's only after a one year deal. So uh, and he almost made a mid season switch to to the Storm, who instead opted for Penrith for Dane Weston. I reckon um, George will play uh, a year for the Melbourne Storm, like a traitorous motherfucker, um, because you know you just go and play like the club you've played pretty much a whole. Well, he's played his whole career at Manly, didn't he? Mm -hmm. um, Played his whole career there, uh, manly till he dies. Blah 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 blah. All the bullshit that the fucking fans and their fucking players, people, anyone involved with that fucking club carry on about. And now he's going to go and play for their mortal enemy for a season before joining Major League Eating tour. Or maybe figures. Maybe it's, maybe it's like a fucking. Um, Imagine uh, the amount of hot dogs Georgie Rose can smash down on ESPN. Yeah, but then you look at fucking. Fuck you look at what's, his, what's, the, what's the guy's name? Like Joe Chestnut. You look at that. I mean, like, that dude's not fat at all. And there's a Japanese dude that's his like big fucking rival. Yeah, Mikazi Tomokoko. No, that's not it. But I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> you had a fifty percent chance of nailing it. But um, and he's and and like that dude, he's like a he's like the skinniest, skinniest Japanese dude you'll ever see in your fucking yeah, life. Yeah, and he eats light hot dogs. <laughs> 200 of them but. yeah 65 hot dogs in a sitting but um, you know maybe maybe this is a situation like um. so maybe Georgie could the name's escaping me that fucking that bald idiot plays for your team that went over to England and came back no no Liam Fulton yeah Liam Fulton that's it yeah oh, I just had a complete mental blank you said bald idiot yeah. oh, Glenn Blackley <laughs> yeah. what it might, be, it, might be, it might be that maybe that, maybe they'll have room in the cap next year yeah afterwards it's like, you know, so he has a year you know slums it for a year then comes back I don't know. That's not going to happen. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you could join, if you know, if um, Yamakazi Tamakoko is any indication, you can lose weight on the Major League Eating Tour. Yeah, maybe. ESPN. Georgie could go in there on a weight loss regime. Yeah, it goes to, it goes around to saying here that the Storm have a knack of recruiting fringe or recycled first grade forwards <laughs> and turning them into consistent performers. Adam Woolnow was backpacking Ouch. around the world before his career was reactivated. Clint Newton won a title, which was subsequently stripped after being forced out of Newcastle. Jamin Lowe won a premiership after struggling for a start at South Sydney, and the unheralded Brian Norrie has become a mainstay of the current pack. George Rose handcuffed himself to a fucking buffet before being signed by the Melbourne Storm. That'll be the next headline. Yeah, so they're saying the deal could be uh, sorted out in the, in, in the coming days. Um, yeah, from his management, they say that... Uh, his, his management say that um, we feel George's best foot is in front of him and the Storm have the best coach in the game in Craig Bellamy. You know what's in front of George? His stomach. Yep. 
and always has been. And the thing is, he's a fucking he's he's a legendary guy. Like he's a great guy. There's Lovely no, guy. Just by everything I just said. <laughs> one of the one of the best humans you'll ever meet. But I just wish that um he was as good a player as he was a bloke, or as a consistent a player as he was a bloke. Because I mean, at his best, he does you know, he does runner. he does some great things. Sure. Yeah. But it's just it's just fucking too few and far between. And you know when it comes well, he down plays, to he plays he plays a sport where you're required. You know the general consensus is you're required to be an athlete. And yep. George Rose, very good, you know, powerful runner of the ball. Mm-hmm. Fucking long way from being a. He's as close to being an athlete as I am to being an astronaut. Yeah. And not, I'm not particularly intelligent, Nathan, which is generally a prerequisite for being an astronaut. Just give yeah. you an idea of how far away get from being a fucking astronaut I am. What about today? I went to see a supplier and had to go downstairs into their workshop type area, and they've got like steel grate stairs like yeah. you can actually see straight through yeah. I thought I was going to throw up I see you are legit scared of heights I'm not, I'm not a big fan of heights I've got to tell you wow and I looked down through the grate saw the floor and I fucking felt the colour drain out of me and I felt a little bit queasy in the tum tum <laughs> wow okay. anyway that was a bit of a sideline anyway George Rose he's got a he's got a right to uh, you know earn a bit of coin at the storm for a year or so and then I'm fucked if I know what he's going to do there yeah, how's he going to go play for the storm and go back to Manly if he's dirty I don't know you feel dirty wouldn't you I've got this thing where I'm not scared of heights like I don't care about heights but I find if I'm on a high place like a, like a really high balcony or something like that I feel like I'm fucking drawn to the drawn edge. to the edge yeah it's mm. weird excellent I can't trust myself fucking going like a cliff here's an idea I, I can learn to fly I, I think I can fly let's have a boys weekend I just believe, me and you I believe I can fly yeah, I, bl- I believe I can touch the sky. <laughs> Get you out of the back and you push the fuck off. Real talk. <laughs> you just totally missed all my R. Kelly shit then. No, I did. I was, I was trying right. to make my own point about wanting right. to push you off a balcony. <laughs> You be too Which scared. You be too. You be, you be too scared to get close enough to the edge <laughs> to do it. That's a problem. <laughs> um, okay, Canberra. More issues at Canberra. And let's face it. Don't they need issues? Um, they've got another off-field crisis after. Anthony Milford and Josh Papali broke the club's code of conduct by going out in Auckland on Thursday night, two days before their round 25 match with the New Zealand Warriors. The Raiders needed to win the game to keep their finals hopes alive, but were belted 50-16 to 16 at Mount Smart Stadium. Um, Papali apparently was reported to be physically ill in the corridor of the team's hotel following his night in town. And uh, the coach, Andrew Duneman, declined to confirm reports that senior players wanted Milford and Papali stood down for the game. They were also allowed to take the field in last Sunday's final game of the season, uh, 38-18 loss to the Sharkies. Duneman didn't go into details of the incident and claimed the key was to addressing the underlying problems within the club's culture. It's the latest in a string of off-field incidents involving the Raiders this season. And you look at the list and you go, holy shit, Dugan Ferguson, Shandor Earl, drug suspension, uh, Ferner, the first coach in the 32-year history of the club to have their contract terminated. And so Dooneman said, it's a welfare issue as far as we're concerned. It's easy for people on the outside to say they're getting paid the money, and I'm not making excuses for that, but they develop problems. If you're dealing with three blokes all year like we've done, Dugan, Ferguson, and Chandor, all the boys underneath them don't get the attention they deserve, and you don't pick up on the habits they've created, there's a massive problems here. Ask if there's an alcohol culture within the Raiders, Dooneman said, it's something we definitely need to look at. I'm not putting everyone in the same basket, and with Josh Papali, he hardly ever drinks alcohol. But what I will say is there are welfare issues and issues we need to deal with. So, <clears throat> who's going to sort that mess out? Not fucking Ricky Stewart, I can tell you. Oh, do, do you know who I really feel for in this situation? I mean, what about poor fucking Anthony Milford? If he gets sacked by the Raiders, what will he do for a career? Where will he go? Oh, what will he no do? Idea. He might be a full-time carer for his father. Yeah, Xbox, Halo. 
What? Don't give me that fucking tilt head inquisitive dog face. His dad's name's Halo. Really? Yeah. <laughs> his dad, I was saying in air quotes that people can't see. His dad, he left his Xbox up in Queensland. That's why he's homesick. <laughs> he misses fucking playing Halo. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> Fuck your random. <laughs> I'm not making just, that shit up. That's his, da- his dad's name. I just don't get how immature. <clears throat> I know they're young, but they're also been fairly well groomed and had a lot of fucking media training and behavioural training um, as part of being in the NRL and all the pressures that come with it. And they still just don't fucking get it. I'll never understand it, Nathan. I'll never understand. It makes me sound like an old man, but these fucking kids. Gen Y fucksticks. Fucking Mm self-absorbed, sense of entitlement motherfuckers. Yep. Yep, and we'll get we'll get tweets from Gen Ys who like who think we're talking about them, but I mean you know, really? Maybe we are. <laughs> Take a fucking good hard look at yourself and think about think about think about your attitude before you tweet us. <laughs> I haven't seen any of... tweets from Gen Y people that thought we were talking about them. We were. If you're actually Gen Y, you're all the fucking same. I don't like to tar people the same brush except Gen Ys, which I will tar <laughs> like a motherfucker. <laughs> all the same. <clears throat> Moving on. Um... <laughs> Roosters captain, the count, Anthony Minicello, has given them a pre-finals boost, declaring he will almost certainly remain with the club until the end of next season. Apparently, there's been a lot of interest from... Lucky, I bet they're relieved. He's 285 years old. Exactly. I mean, they fucking have to roll him out of the fucking gauze, you know, out of his fucking tomb before each game. (laughs) Just re-embalm him. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, Still carved out of granite, Mini. Yeah. Apparently, there's a lot of interest from Wigan, but he's uh, set to sign off on a new one-year one deal with the club, um, and he says it's very close. It's all pretty much done. I've just got to let my manager sort out the final details. Uh, he'd been targeted by Wigan, who are looking like they're going to lose Sam Tompkins to the Warriors, but uh, he was rejected interest from the Super League club and vowed to re-sign with the Roosters. I love the club. I never want to leave. I can't imagine myself wearing another jersey, to be honest. You do look at those things. You've got to look at it, but my heart's at the Roosters. I'm pretty excited, but my focus is on the semifinals. I like Minnie. Yeah, like me. He's a good man. He's a good clubman. Loyal. He's at his... Half the time he did that thing in that email that we can't say. Except that time we read it out on the show. Did we read it out? Yeah. Oh, we didn't identify who it was. That's what it was. No, you did. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? I don't think we did. No. Oh. No. <laughs> I thought we did. Anyway... Forget everything that Glenn good, just said. He's a good clubman. Um, he's had his issues with injury and fought his way back to... To get back to the top of his game and, and you know, it says a lot about his character. And um, I'm sure Roosters fans would be pretty excited to have a 47-year-old fullback next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, not every club gets to have, like, the Steve Menzies kind of, um, uh, you know, loyalty sort of thing. But, you know, this is as close as the Roosters are going to get. Especially for a club that, you know, doesn't really, you know, have any loyalty and tends to buy all their players. So, um, yeah. Speaking of uh, no loyalty and buying their players, Sonny Bill Williams. Let's talk about him. Apparently, his, the issue of him being retained in the NRL is one of the highest, profi- pro- highest priority missions in the game, to the extent that Dave Smith has declared that the administration will do whatever they can to keep the Sydney Roosters star in the code. So he's weighing up whether to remain in the NRL or return to Rugby Union. 
David Smith said he's spoken with Williams several times about ensuring the back row remain in rugby league. He's a fantastic talent, Smith said. I thought he had a wonderful game on Friday night against South Sydney. It was a great spectacle. We want to keep players like Sonny in the game. He's an ambassador for the sport. He's just a phenomenal player. And part of that is why we're looking at a salary cap review and the marquee player idea. Um, and then they go on to talk about... You like know, it's a new idea, the marquee player thing. Yeah, they go on to talk about you know Israel Folau and they go on to talk about Benji Marshall, two players who really shouldn't even be fucking talked about in the same ballpark. Especially oh, hang Benji. on. Fucking Israel, maybe. Leave Benji out of it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, leave Benji out of it, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it to that story. Well, he then goes on to say that, you know, at the end of the day, then he starts going, you know, talking, you know, like mundane style. At the end of the day, Sonny's got to figure out what Sonny wants to do. You support him all the way, whatever that is. Is Sonny Bill Williams talking? <laughs> no, it's David Smith. I hope it's that he stays, if it was Sonny Bill Williams, oh, he's, he's going to punch his face. You support him all the way, whatever that is. I hope it's I hope it's that he stays in the game. That's why we're looking at the salary cap to make sure we do have flexibility where we need it. We'll finish the review by the end of the year and any short-term fixes we'll put in place. The likelihood is that it's a 2015 implementation, but we'll do whatever we can to keep Sonny. I couldn't be stronger about wanting to keep Sonny in the game and it's not just Sonny it's all the wonderful talent we've got in the game but he's a great example on the field <laughs> on the field and off the field it's like Sonny 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 I mean if he was here right now I'd cup his balls and, <laughs> and gently take his, Maybe, his cock yeah, in yeah if my he was mouth. here right now I'd tie him to a chair and smother him in honey and <laughs> that's not me that's David Smith that's yeah. what it sounds like he's saying David, I mean, David I Smith is I mean, you know he's either your long lost twin brother which he's not, or at least you, or, or at least you, you know, if nothing else, you know, you, he listens you, to the show. You united, you united in the thirst for Sonny Bill Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Look, brothers I, in thirst. I just think it probably speaks to, and I've, I think I've stated enough times on the show that I'm a Sonny Bill fan. Um, but I think it speaks to the NRL's general fucking inferiority. Little brother complex complex that they have. At the end of the day, no player's bigger than the game. Exactly. Sonny can play or not play, and the and the NRL and the the certainly the fucking figurehead of the NRL shouldn't be coming out like a fanboy. Yeah. And saying, "Oh, Sonny, this, Sonny, that." So, look, welcome him if he wants to, you know, and sit down and talk with him, you know, behind closed doors. Don't come out publicly and say, "Sonny, this, Sonny, that, Sonny, this," and and look, fuck, you, you've got to. Could you imagine, you know, like, let's say David Stern from the NBA, right? Yeah. No, it doesn't sort of translate because basketball is a, a sport that doesn't really transcend into into another sport. And players going, you, you know, know, between codes and things like that, yeah. But could you imagine David Stern, even, let's say LeBron James was going to go play NFL? Yep. He'd go, yeah, okay, cool. Yep. Pop, but wouldn't fucking <laughs> beg him, get down on bended knee, beg him to stay... <laughs> You know why? Because no player's bigger than the game. And that's the stance that the NRL should take. Certainly, um, don't be arrogant about it. You certainly voice your, you know, what you want him to stay and all the rest of it. And behind closed doors, you know, do what you can to say, don't come out and fanboy him. That's just yeah, fucking... Exactly. That's just going to make people like Code and Asa spring right into action and draw this fucking thing out. And, and like, it'll oh, be all really? over the papers and... You, you know, really? You want the sunny? Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Let's face it, he's going to want a shit ton of money, and I actually object to any measures that they put in as, you know, short-term implementations just to keep him in the game yeah. for I the mean, benefit of one club. You mentioned earlier how Liam Fulton had to go to England. You yeah. know, where was, you know, David Smith or David Gallup prior to that, you know, all the going out in the media and saying, you know, we'll do whatever we can to keep Liam. Yeah. You know, Brett Hodgson yeah. has to go to England. Why, where was the media, where was the press conference? 
Don't go, Brett. They do it for stars. Do whatever you can. They do it for stars. No, no two biggest superstars have ever played the game. Brett Hodgson and Liam Fulton. Oh, Trevor Cogger. Trevor Cogger, early retirement. <laughs> Whoever was running the NL, John Quayle. <laughs> and Arco. Oh, fucking well, really? Where were they? Say, Trevor, bring your golden testicles back to the game. Come yeah. back. Keep playing rugby league. We'll do whatever we can to keep you. Because, Trevor, we love you, Trevor. And I, I, I just want to keep saying Trevor over and over again, like David kept saying Sonny. And his teammates are looking at the at the stat sheet now. You know, pretty much if, if Cogger's in the team, you lose. And there's like, no, mate, just go. Just, just, no, <laughs> it's all right, eh? We'll, get, we'll, we'll be right. No, no, it does suck that you're gone. But this, we'll be all right, mate. Fuck your golden right. testicles, Trevor. <laughs> no one is shit. All right, and finally, a bit of... Uh, Inequity in the uh, the way that suspensions are dealt with. I mean, we know the NRL and um, you know the judiciary, the the organisation, the commission themselves, and the referees have been gargling South Sydney's balls all season. <laughs> but this one is uh, you had two cases this week, two high profile cases. You had the first one with letters, Jared Maria Hargraves, um, who, who's an absolute psychopath and has got you know more prize than fucking Lunatic. more prize than Ivan Malat, and. Um, you contrast that to Sam Burgess, who's got, you know, who's amassed in a very short time in his career in Australia. He's amassed a fair few fucking prize too. I mean, you know, he's not the clean skin that, you know, the footy show and, you know, thirsty bitches would have you believe. Yeah. So. I don't get how the the whole thing with Sam, like, I get he's, he's a, a well-built gentleman. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's got an athletic body and all the rest of it. Yeah. He's, he's not an attractive man. No. He's, he's no Sonny Bill. Exactly. He's not. Yeah, people are thirsty for the burge. Oh, they love but, it. They love guys with heads that look like watermelons tipped on their sides. Guys with heads like Stewie from Family Clearly like. had bad dental hygiene or, and a bad dental plan growing up. Can't understand a fucking word he says either. Mumble mouth with, you know, the Queen's English. Just don't get it. No. Don't understand it. I don't get it either. Just goes to show that women just like the fame and the money. Exactly right. So, anyway, while we're talking about Sam Burgess, uh, he did not get any issues at all for you know it looked like you know a potential eye gouge was in there plus there was uh you know some other bits and pieces as well and he got a written he got a written warning um from the nrl over his behavior in that game whereas uh Rhea hargraves has since been suspended for one week he failed in his attempt to get off and um it was a grade one dangerous contact charge for like kind of an elbow Kind situation of to, to Chris McQueen I just don't know if it was like a, you know I don't know if it was like a self-defense sort of you know thing or like you know a fan that was just you know didn't have the time you know the space to you know extend that kind of thing yeah I, I think he was trying to protect himself and um, it was unfortunate but there was contact you know essentially with the head or neck and by the rules yeah it been. <laughs> and the funny thing is they lose that psychopath and then who's he going to get replaced with Luke O'Donnell <laughs> Look, I know he's only just coming back from a dangerous throw. Someone's going to die. No, he's played one Someone match in six weeks. Someone's going after. to die. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, has it been that many weeks already? He, he had, basically, he had. Um, he's played one match in the last six weeks because he also missed a fortnight due to a virus in August. So, um, <laughs> so I'd say yeah, the virus played he one match, crazy. but suspended. Yeah, so you know the the, the likelihood of, of the Roosters playing with twelve men for most of this game is very fucking real. <laughs> Fuck, what odds a send off? <laughs> 
recaps. Okay, Thursday night football, a uh, crowd of just over 26,500. Um, Brisbane Broncos, 16, defeated the Doggies, 11. The Broncos, 16, came from a double to Corey Oates. Jack Reed got one as well, and Scott Prince was two from three on the conversions. The Doggies, 11 points, tries to Josh Reynolds at Kristen Inu. Trent Hodkinson got himself a field goal, and uh, he had one goal, one conversion from two attempts. Corey Oates for the Broncos looks... Looks like a bit of a player. He's probably built more like a back rower, I think, long term, yep. as he puts a bit more size on his frame. But um, he's had a sweet introduction to first grade. I think he's got seven oh, yeah. tries in nine games. Starred from my super coach side. Scotty Tagiri numbers right there. Yep. Um, Scotty Prince bowed out nicely. Unlike his 2005 buddy. Yeah, that's, we'll, we'll get to get that. To that. Um, Prince, he hasn't made a tackle in four seasons. <laughs> All of a sudden, one-on-one. Winger going through the corner. Try saver. <laughs> Princey turns back the clock to 2005. It was magnificent. Um, I think Ben Hunt with his kicking game showed that there'll be some quality moments next season for the Broncos, um, albeit with probably you know some more hard times. I think. Um, yeah. And I, I know that you know depending on how things go with the whole barber situation, you, you know he's. Um, the investigation, etc. We don't know how that's going to pan out yet. Yeah. So that could have an, an even further detrimental effect. Ben Hunt's got an extra year to develop before he has to worry about combining with Barber. Yeah, well, it's exactly <laughs> exactly my point. But um, yeah, his kicking game, his running game, he, he really um, let it all hang out for the last game of the season. It was pretty impressive. And um, just on the Bulldogs, I think it's probably good heading into the finals. Probably good for Barber to get that run under his belt um, and. I don't know that he was at full pace coming back from an ankle injury when he made it's that funny. break. It's funny. It was body language issues with him and the team. I mean, he's definitely shunned. They, oh, of they, they, they don't like him at all, the, the guys he has to play with. And the other thing I noticed is he was like, he was only half-assing it as well a lot of the time, like pulling out of contests, pulling mm-hmm. away from tackles. Like, he doesn't want to be there. They don't want him to be there. I think him there is actually detrimental to the side if they can't figure out what they're going to do over the next couple of weeks and, you know, sort of form up and, you know, try and have a crack at the title. Yeah, I think um, from your previous opinion of Des prior to him leaving the Eagles, you'd probably think that you'd back him to get get the team, you know, if not all warm and fuzzy, at least pulling in one direction for 80 minutes a week. I would have thought that, you know, three months ago, but he hasn't. He clearly hasn't been able to do it. The problems well, here outside been out of, for a while too. But. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like the, the he was he was out for what four or five weeks. But the thing is, even before then, there's never been a time in this season where you can really say that they've clicked and been you know on a massive roll or anything. I mean, they've you know even the last couple of weeks. I mean, they made the finals, but I think they've still lost you know lost three out of five. Is it? I'm not sure what the two out of five. Yeah, so I mean, you know, they, they haven't been going amazingly. So I think that I think the task is actually beyond Des as well. Good point. And yeah, you know, it just goes to show that you know you need to have some quality players on if you want to be a great coach, Desmond. <laughs> oh God, we're still going with that. It's funny, but like, not not slag, not slagging Desi. I'm more giving giving props to Tuvi. You think about um, about coaches that you know that take over sides and things like that. I mean, Tuvi's done a fucking tremendous job Mate. since he's taken over. Ivan Henjack. Ivan fucking Henjack took the Broncos to the finals after Wayne Bennett left. Wayne Bennett is far greater than Des Hazel will ever be. Ivan Henjack and Ivan Henjack got them, got them to stumble. Better, has done a, an equal, if not better, job than Jeff Tuvey. He got he stumbled them into the finals and got uh, and got the ass. 
shortly shortly thereafter. Griffin, the team's just continued to decline under his watch. And all these guys are like touted as, you know, some kind of fucking major, you know, great coaches. And you look at guys like um uh like Robinson that come in at East and, and Maguire coming to South, come in under under, you know, chief executives and just general clubs that spend a fortune to, you know, stock the clubs with players and things like that to, you know, give them everything they need. Tuvi, fucking man. Legend. Coach of the year, without a doubt. Okay, um Twitter. <laughs> Benny two seven said, uh, wow, what a show by the hash dogs of boar about as entertaining as a dinner with K Rudd. Hash both are boring cunts. Hash fuck you Des. Hash Barber equals Louie. There you go. And I'll tell you this was the one game where Canterbury have got to do some real fucking member liaison, you know, sort of fan liaison work because I saw a lot of people like, fuck that, Ben Barber's in the side, I'm done for the year. Serious? Yeah, dead set. And it wasn't just one person, it was a lot of people who were like, you know, pretty staunch, who ordinarily would be going toe-to-toe with me over fucking, you know, if I said anything about the dogs, but you know, they, they were just agreeing with me. So it's, it's amazing how, how this Barber issue has kind of divided the fan base. Uh, Karim Karan said... Dogs just showed why they won't be a threat this year. Hash, only slightly worse than Brisbane. What about I sent uh, Karim Karan's merchandise out? Yeah. It doesn't live far from me. Yeah? Oh, five minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Got his address. Not you know, not saying that anything's going to happen. You know? I'm not saying I'm going to go and if he looks out his window or whatever. You're there. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's going to be me naked <laughs> in the bushes. I'm not saying that. I'm just just making a point. It's okay. close by. All right. <laughs> Within streaking distance. I mean, wait. <laughs> Berkeley underscore Eagle. Don't worry, dogs. Next week you can set your midget woman basher Ben Barber on fire. Hash midget on fire. Hash straight out. Uh, then we've got uh, Paraman MK2. He said, uh, one word that describes the Broncos versus dogs game tonight. Hash shit-tastic. Uh, and he said, then he's going to say, great to see the hash masters of cover-ups get beaten. <laughs> There we got our GT351 underscore Johns. Not a pretty game. Too many penalties and the worst shoulder charge penalty I've seen. I'm not fast. The Bronx deserved the win tonight. Sounds like a guy that's just sort of, you know, clearly disengaging from his team. Uh, <laughs> at Davey Salter. That's a troll. <laughs> Going to sound like a Manly fan, but refs cost dogs that game with very ordinary consistency in calls. Hash refs, fog, has tigers in decline. Cruzy06. The season's over for us, but it'll be interesting to see which teams are favoured and which team will get asshole during the finals. Adam, 1975. Scott Prince showed Benji Marshall how to finish his last season in NRL. <laughs> and he really uh, did. Finally, uh, Chapo, the creator. Fuck me, that was a bad performance. I blame Barber, the shit cunt. Hash, fuck off Barber. And there's one of your doggies fans that have just turned on the site. Friday night, we had a you know blockbuster in quotes. Sydney Roosters, 24, defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 12. A crowd of 59,708, which was a uh, some sort of record. Uh, the Roosters double to James Maloney, uh, Aiden Guerra, and uh, Mitchell Pearce got tries. Uh, three conversions from four attempts from Maloney, and he got a penalty goal on top of that. Rabbits are tries to Greg Inglis, Jason Clark, and Adam Reynolds, two from two conversions. Not to sound like David Smith, but in case anyone was wondering, Sonny Bill's the biggest factor in the Roosters' chances of taking out the Premiership. Um, if he fires, um, and I think the Maloney's consistency... Uh, those two factors are probably enough to get him home. Yeah, that's a that's a big call. I mean, I think well, I think this should, this uh, said more about South than it did about the Roosters. South, yeah, I just don't think they're there. I think Reynolds needs to find a way to get into games when things aren't quite clicking for him. Yep. he's he's a very good front runner. 
Yep, very he's good. very good when when the forwards are on a roll and he's playing, you know, behind a dominant pack. His kicking game is is second to none. Um, his running ca- running game is um, really comes into play as well. But in this game, with you know, for a large part of the game, the Roosters really had South on the on the back pedal. He um, he struggled to get into the game, and I think it's probably an experience thing as much as anything. But um, if they're going to go deep into the final South, he's going to have to either a start playing out of his skin or b if his forwards are starting to get you know under the pump and, and aren't on the front foot, um, he needs to put them there, and that's a yep. halfback job. So, yep, um, exactly. I think goes to show last year too. Like, yeah, last year he got injured, and the Souths were gone, yep. and they're looking like they're going to win that game. That sure. semi, you know, and uh, this time he yeah, doesn't have to get injured if he can just be taken out of the game, you know, mentally and physically, you know, have no zero impact on it. Outplayed by his opposition halves. True. Nothing. I think this was a finals intensity game, and Souths were ultimately found wanting. Um, I guess it's probably better that it happened in this game rather than in a week's time or or two weeks' time, or, or you know, or, or even worse, further on into the finals. But um, you know, there, there there was a lot to learn for Souths from that game, and they've only really got a, a week to turn it around and and learn from the, learn those lessons. Exactly, and I don't know if it was really a finals intensity game. It was a finals sort of build-up sort of style game, and you know there was obviously the big crowd and and that kind of thing. But I thought all in all, it was a pretty fucking ordinary game, really. I don't think. Oh, it, I, I don't thought know. it was. I I disagree. I thought it was a great game. I really. Oh. I went out to Nicola and I said, "As fucking shit a season as the Tigers have had, this makes me feel worse than watching them fucking get <laughs> smashed every week." Like you see these two teams, like their fan base are excited about them making the finals, a big game um, before the finals, and and they're both just like out there having a crack and I, I, I said to Nicklin like this makes me feel more depressed than the whole fucking 25 <laughs> weeks combined yeah I thought, I thought this was a, this was a fucking ordinary game that was basically inflated by the you know the hype the stakes the stakes involved the size of the crowd that kind of thing that all sort of gave it the you know the exterior sort of appearance like it was the game and the commentators were obviously you know jizzing over stuff the whole time and you know pumping up the tyres but I think it, just, it wasn't anything like what they said um CA photo 10 the Pomeroy Dick Fingers Redfern chapter has a new sergeant at arms, Ash Dylan Walker. <laughs> ben Dunn, 43. Burgess's mum is so drunk we could be pretty close to an Aussie Burgoy. <laughs> uh, CA photo 10 again. Uh, okay, oh no, we've got that one. Uh, Freak 09. Well done, Sydney. 59k at the footy. It's officially the largest South crowd ever, passing last week's 58k at Redfern Centrelink. Oh, God. Cruzy 06. 59k at the footy game. Must be dull week or they've been handing out extra tickets at Centrelink. A couple of similar ones there. Devon Head. The Titans would have announced the crowd as 104,000. <laughs> uh, ben Dunn, 43. Melbourne versus Manly was better than this game. Hash, real talk. Dashing Dan, 1. Breaking. Eight people injured in Redfern from stray wheels flying off a big red and green bandwagon. <laughs> and then uh, he followed that up with, Souths have a great pack, asterisk. And then down further in brackets, asterisk, great pack of whinging cunt fans. <laughs> Um, I, this one's fantastic. It's so irrelevant, but I, it just has to be put, placed on the record uh, of the show so that people, when they, you know, when they're thinking about voting for Gronk of the Year, they know where to go. Mup twenty three. Now that the Chooks are minor premiers, it'll be even more impressive when the Titans smash them in the grand final. Ash, real talk. <laughs> He's done this on Friday night, of course. There's as much chance of them making it as the Tigers storming home from fifteenth. Exactly. This is another great tweet. Unky D, Guantanamo Hogan. Bunnies and rooster crowds seen from space due to 50,000 plus sparkling clean brand new jerseys. <laughs> hash fair with the fans, hash bandwagon. And finally, uh, at Eddie, Eddie NZ, 
explain to me what was so good about the, the about this game. The media has a monster heart on, and the game was super average at best. Well, there you go, Eddie. I believe you, and I agree with you 100%. Moving on. The St. George Illawarra Dragons, 19, defeated the New Zealand Warriors, 10. Under 10,000. In fact, it was barely over 9,000 at Wynn Stadium. Uh, the Dragons tries to Adam Quinlan, Nathan Green, Charlie Runciman. We had uh, Josh Drinkwater grabbing himself a field goal. And uh, we had some conversions from Chase Stanley and a penalty goal. Classic Warriors <laughs> capitulation in a game they're expected to dominate. Oh, sorry. Actually, sorry, the Warriors. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Elijah Taylor and the Beast got tries and Sean Johnson won from two. Yeah, I just I was disappointed in the Warriors had every chance to That's the you know, year to on have, year have the destiny lament. in their own hands and um it was there for the taking and and you know they couldn't get over a, a side they were expected to to clean up. But um good news for the Dragons, I guess um yet more veterans. It was a bit of a theme of the last game of the season every year with saying goodbye to retiring players and, and the Dragons are no different with um well Cooper retiring, Wayman, he's going to England, and um, Nathan Fiend retiring. Yep. So, um, and, and good for them that they sent them out in a winning way. Um, I really don't think the Warriors offered, offered the resistance that we would have expected, which allowed the Dragons to get away with a win and send those guys away with a smile on their face. But um, just on Fiend, with him gone, the young talent um, of, of, you know, obviously Thirsty and, and Runciman, I guess you know they're going to get more chances, and with Wood up there now, yep. Um, from next season, if he comes back fit, um, you know there's probably some reasonably entertaining times ahead, if not um, two points, you know, more often than not. But I think um, as far as premiership points, I'm not having a crack about their taking the two or anything. That's not it's not my style. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I can see Dragons fans, much like Tigers fans, have had a, a very tough season. And um, but you know, there's some good signs there. Some of the, that Runciman looks a good player, and and you could see old Thirsty. He's uh, his kicking game uh, improved as this game went on, and you know, with the limited chances he's had this season, um, he's shown himself that he's, he's got a bit of a bright future ahead of him. Yeah, and um, it's it's amazing when you get to a little bit of time on the field. I mean, after being almost, you know, with the, you look at like, you know, Drinkwater, like how he was out of favour playing like, you know, sub, sub, mm. whatever level football, you know, playing for like fucking under eights or something, you know, exactly. shell harbour or something. And um, it's amazing that, you know, he's fought his way back and, you know, you would you would like to think that his performance at least bought him a, you know, a bit of credit and, you know, hopefully a crack next year. All right. Um, Unky D, aka Guantanamo Hogan. The Warriors' impersonation of an NRL Finals contender ends for another year. And, uh, at, yeah, nah, maybe. Hash, let's go on Dragons. <laughs> and that's it. There was very little interest in that game. In fact, there was very little interest in most of the games apart from Thursday and Friday. Uh, this one, well, oh, Melbourne Storm, 23. Defeated the Gold Coast Titans, 22. The Storm, a double to Billy Slater. Sisawanga got a try, Will Chambers. Cooper Cronk got a field goal from about 400 attempts. And uh, Cam Smith uh, grabbed himself some conversions. And the Titans, tries to Dave Taylor. Now, the fat touchy, I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say about him. Brad Takarangi, Anthony Don, Caesar, three conversions and three attempts, plus some penalty goals. Fat touchy still had a couple of fat touchy moments, but overall, I think this was the best game, his best game of the season so far. It's the, I reckon, I dare say, it was the best game that he's he's played 
without Carmichael Hunt. <laughs> that's the, that's what that's I'll a go. Very good point. Yeah, like cause remember he was like you know he was like fucking on fire when Carmichael Hunt was setting him up every time and yeah, know, they had that combination going with the Broncos. But um, since then. He's just been fat touchy. It's been lean, lean times, to <laughs> say the least. Um, unfortunately, it was a little bit too late for him this season, but um, very impressive. Yep. Some unstoppable runs, um, you know, and then, you know, presence of mind to, to put on a good pass there at one stage uh, for a try. I think the Titans gave it their best shot, but were cruel by two pretty critical decisions um, that went against them that would have changed the course of the game and, and given them a victory. Um, unfortunately for them, they went in Melbourne's favour, and um, despite the Titans getting it back to, to Golden Point, the Storm went in, and uh, again, like you say, with multiple attempts from Cooper Cronk, um, ended up sliding one that just fell over the line in the end and, and um, gave them a one-point victory. But Melbourne look a few degrees off, in my opinion. I think um, the only thing that is possibly going to save them is the fact that, you know, the finals is a, in quotes, new season. And um, because they look tired, they look off the pace um, outside of, you know, the old tried and true um, Cronk Slater and, and Cam Smith combination. There's, um, you know, they weave their magic on, on two occasions in this game and, and that was probably still enough to get them a win. But I... Um, I just think overall they made some silly errors, which you wouldn't normally associate with them with. Um, and I also think when the game was in the balance there, the Titans made super easy metres up the field um, when coming yeah. out of their own end. And, and Aiden Caesars can't kick a fucking field goal to save his life, though. His attempts were shithouse. Cooper Cronk, though, I mean, he had so many attempts from sort of, you know, like a, a you know what you would consider to be a, a plum kind of area, you know, like 20, 30 metres out. And uh, not directly in front, but close enough to it. And he just sprayed them. And then the one that he ended up winning the game with was like just a fucking state of origin one yeah. where he smacked it from like halfway and it's just trickled over and just made its way over the uh, crossbar. Exactly right. But um, I think the Storm are in, da- in, in danger of being that um, that favoured side that uh, falls by the wayside early in the finals. Oh, I think they were, they were foxing a little bit, I think, in this game. And, um, but, you know, the Titans, they probably should have won this game. They had a try disallowed that seemed um, perfectly fair to me uh, where there was a bit of a, no- you know, a knockdown, uh, or like you know, a, hit, a knockdown of the arm yeah. of, a, of of the, the Storm player and the ball come loose and, you know, became, went for a try. Um, and there was the situation there where there could have been an eight-point try given at one point as well, which at that, to- at that state of play would have given them a 24-22 lead, so it would have taken field goals out of the equation going into the last, you know, exactly. couple of minutes and it wouldn't have, you know, had to go to extra time or anything. Um, so, you know, Titans can feel a bit hard done by, but, you know, let's face it, if they're a better team, they wouldn't have needed that win. <laughs> Cruzy 6 well, this is the, and, and I'm not actually embellishing what he says here. This is the way he wrote it. The Titans was dead set robbed, and I bet you the Cowboys' asses were puckering all through that. Hash refs rule NRL. GT351 underscore Johns. Dave Taylor, the fat touchy is on fire tonight. Eddie NZ. Absolute definition of an eight-point try, and the ref doesn't even go upstairs. Another shocker. I was surprised that they didn't look at that more. Yeah, Stuart Marler. Oh no, that's the end of the Tigers' season. Now I'm worried what they're going. They're going to set fire to Nate Miles. Hash world's tallest dwarf. <laughs> and now we've come to that time. The North Queensland Cowboys fifty defeat the West Tigers twenty-two up there at thirteen hundred teeth uh, for a crowd of just shy of twenty thousand. And the Cowboys tries to Louis Thurston. Uh, Wayne, how do you pronounce this guy? Well, Lugia. 
Elugia. A hat trick. As good a loogie as do. <laughs> uh, Jason Tamalolo, Antonio Winterstein, and a double to Matty Bowen. Mango on the way out. And uh, conversions. Six from eight for Thurston. And Matty Bowen had the testimonial conversion as well, and he nailed it. Uh, Tigers, 22. Tries to a double. The hot sauce. Kirst Siren got one. Simona got one, which is great for my fantasy side. Benji, three of four. So, I mean, he ended with his best goal-kicking effort in his career. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'll oh, bring on season 2014 for the Tigers. Um, it's been a long, hard road this season, and the team of destiny um, had far too many losses they had to have, um, which, you know, unfortunately, their undefeated season didn't get them into the finals, and it was very disappointing. Um, I think it was a nice result for Matt Bowen. Unfortunately, it came against my side, but um, it was a nice result for him in his last home game to um, to get a couple of tries and, and you know, if they can get every last bit of of his ability out of him over the next month, um, then they, they they give themselves a fighting chance. But he, he's really going to have to be that good if they're going to have a go. So, um, overall for the Tigers, I thought it. I got the feeling that they were probably um, in, there, there were signs there for the Tigers defensively that they were going to be poor. I yeah. think um, you know that the. the tries that the Cowboys scored in the first half were fairly soft um, and the only thing, saving grace for the Tigers was in, certainly in the first half the Cowboys weren't much better and um, every time the Tigers went up there it looked like scoring and um, it was 22 all and then before you knew it it was 50 to 22 and Jackson's walking in going what happened dad? <laughs> I thought they'd come back they, they fought their way back to 22 all and I was like fucking here we go Maybe Glenn's right. Maybe the Cowboys are owned by the West Tigers. Turns out, yet again, I was incorrect. <laughs> poor Tigers, uh, but not poor Benji. He, that's exactly what he deserved and not a thing less for his treachery and just asshole, general asshole behaviour in, in the uh, closing stages of this season. Okay, Unky D. Fox commentators constantly talking up, oh, the constant talking up of Tigers' future prospects is nauseating. Let's be honest. Hash Tigers in decline. Devonhead. Some gronk told me that the Tigers fucking own the Cowboys. I think he may have forgot the asterisk. Hash Tigers in decline. Unky D again. Fitting end to Benchy's career. Don't let the door smack you on the way out. Hash Tigers in decline. Hash cricket score. Hash bye-bye Benchy. Ah, Popsh. It would have been good for the Cowboys to have a tough game heading into the finals, but not to be. Oh, well. Hash Tigers in decline. LOL. Okay, moving on to Sunday. And the mighty Manly Seagulls, 26, defeated the Penrith Panthers, 38. <laughs> uh, Manly's 26. Came for uh, tries to Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, Clint Gutherson got one on debut in his first grade, long awaited first grade debut. Uh, a double to Wolfman and uh, Matai got a try. Lion uh, was three from five conversions. Panthers, their 38, came from tries to Luke Walsh, Sigiaro, Manhor, Clint Newton, Dean Fare, and Mossy Masoi. Uh, conversions, Luke Walsh got five from five, and Clint Newton got a testimonial goal. And uh, there's a penalty goal in there from Luke Walsh as well. Nice way for Penrith to finish. Um, they scored some entertaining tries, none more so than Josh Mansour's effort. Um, fuck, he's a good finisher, that kid. Yeah. I'm really impressed with him. Um, what about Wolfie's try? Um, the one where Penrith made a mistake, Wolfie picked it up, spun around and sprinted up the other end of the field and started like pulling away from the defence and then all of a sudden Jamie Lyon. Yeah. He's clearly lost none of his speed. <laughs> That's just, he doesn't look like just, he can run fast, man. Fuck, that reminds me, of, you know, of those times in I think it was two thousand and one 
when they parallel minor premiers, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, um, and ultimately were done by Newcastle in the grand final. But that's the sort of thing Jamie Lyon was doing then. I just um, think and it's it, a fucking re- long time ago. I remember there was a game at there was a game at Brookie as well when um we're talking about Jamie when when uh, early in the season, probably five weeks ago, when Jamie Lyon scored a try and linked the field, always similar to that Wolfie one actually, where it was like a mistake or an intercept or something, and he picked it up and ran the you know, ran the length of the field to score. Same situation. I think I remember thinking. I think we even spoke about it then, saying like he just doesn't look like he can move. Yeah, he's a guy that does not look like he can, like he can run fast, but somehow he just covers the ground. It's amazing. Yeah. Very very impressive. Um. Uh. You know, sad day. You know, saying goodbye to Brent Kite. Um. Uh. Nude. Uh, Jody Olivao and um, Georgie Rose but um, and you know one of the tweets I mean rather than talk too much about that I'll, I'll let the, one of the tweets or two of the tweets we had uh, talk about those guys but um, all in all I mean clearly tanked uh, Manly were playing touch football and it was coming off and that's basically you know they were happy to run with it while you know while it came off and they're happy to they're happy to fight their way to level it back up you know just to show that they could and then it came to the end and it was like well, fucking we don't want to go into extra time a week before the week finals campaign and uh, so I didn't, but um, I was happy with um, with Gutherson. I mean, I didn't think he was he has enough size to you know sort of be in first grade just yet. I mean, he's tall, but like he didn't have, you know enough size. But actually, you know, he he went you know pretty well. I thought. And um, Turbo Jet uh, as a prop, he went awesome. So good debut, and you know he's once again he's been a long time coming. You know, getting his first grade shot. So I think he certainly made the decision to let uh, Rose go a lot easier with his his performance as well. Um, none of that. All good. Roll on finals and an extra day off, which is fantastic. Uh, tweets, Nita Beta says, uh, Kite came to us in our darkest days and walks away with two premierships and a Churchill medal. Nud, an incredible leader on and off the field and awesome human. George, the ultimate prop pentathlon. Thank you, boys, for everything. Three of our greats. I mean, I'm not going to say that. Jesus. Coming out the term greats, literally. Kite, well, quite I mean, absolutely. literally? Yeah. Quite absolutely, absolutely is. He was one of the first big name buyers that ever that came to the club uh, after after Des took over, and he was one definitely his his leadership and influence and everything on younger guys and stuff like that, uh, taking us through two premierships. And he always lifted in the finals and you know the big games. Uh, you know, none none more so than uh, the two thousand eight grand final where he got the Clive Churchill. Um, love. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Joe Nullivar, you know, had been told by Russell Crowe to pack his shit and you know become a priest you know yeah. you're no good at football but he came back and he walked away with another premiership with us and uh, yeah once again yeah an, an excellent just a, a top bloke um, as you know as all the guys that are manly you know they, I mean we just don't get people you know it's a no dickhead policy um, what else we got here Ben Dunn 43 can anyone remember the last time Manly beat the Panthers I think there's a new hoodoo in town and I replied to that like yeah like middle of last year 30 nil he's like oh. <laughs> oh. yeah uh, but you know Panthers- damn you and your it's, it's so it's so funny though. Like, Pan- like Panthers fans is like, hooray! We fucking oh man! Oh, we're so amazing! We won a game. <laughs> Everyone else is just like, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, no, maybe you said Nate will turn this into a positive. And I was like, yeah, it's just you know, it's not positive or negative. But I think the guys will appreciate an extra day to turn around. Uh, you know, the finals, because that was a big talk, you know, through the week as well that they, you know, the NRL had ordained that no matter what happened, South were going to play the Friday night. And, you know, so I'm glad they got rid of that. Uh, Anthony Hornby, 80. That awkward moment when opposition fans think Manly really give a shit about that game has real talk. Unky D, who did actually give a shit about it, I think. Manly blow big lead versus bottom feeder team. Is this what it feels like to be a Tiger supporter? I almost feel sorry for Glenn. Uh, no, the, he does not. <laughs> the Ben Z. I understand Manly wanting to avoid South, who they cannot beat. 
<laughs> Troll. South won't even make it to week three, mate. So they won't even get a chance to fucking see us. Uh, Shunter86. The little pennies that could rallied for one last mighty effort, knocking off Manly in successive meetings for the first time. And uh, dashing down one. Manly tanked. End of story. And the funny thing that I started seeing on social media after this game as well is people that were genuinely fucking pissed off at not just Manly... But other teams saying this this tanking shit it's like cost them wins in tipping comps and all this sort of stuff. Mm. You know, the NRL has to step in. Something has to be done about the you know, teams obviously fucking tanking matches and settle the fuck down. I thought they did a pretty good fucking job of masking it. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle Knights fifty four defeated the Parramatta Eels six. Uh, crowd of just under twenty three and a half thousand up there in a hunter. Uh, Newcastle Knights fifty four points. Let's so fuck. It's, it's pretty much everyone on the team. Uh, Fluffy. Tyrone Roberts, little Joey Leilua got a double. McManus got a double. Bo Scott, Iwate Partey got one. Jeremy Smith, Jared Mullen. Uh, conversions, Tyrone Roberts got six of eight. Danny Baderas got a testimonial conversion. And um, the Eels, Troy DeCencio, goal to Joseph Paulo. Are the Knights Smokies in the finals? Yeah, it was Parramatta. Oh, very true, but I think they probably fine-tune their attack a little bit, oh, a bit of a training run for yeah. them. And you know, I don't I, know. I just think they've got the tools. Yeah, I think, I don't, I think they've got the tools. They're fucking, they're packed full of tools. I mean, like Craig Gower, for example, you know, <laughs> Padaris is much better. But, um, yeah, both Scott, of course, yeah. They're, they're, you see what I mean? Adam Cuthbertson. You see what I mean? They've got... Uh, They've got some players there. That Darius Boyd, I'd be remiss to mention him when they talk about pack with the tools. <laughs> I think just just on Boyd, I think uh, with him at fullback, uh, Mullen and Roberts is probably the, the the biggest question mark I've got. Mullen probably gets a pass as far as um, someone that's going to be able to handle finals football. And they've got Willie Mason. Yeah, because he's done really well in the high pressure and representative arena. Just saying. And we knocked out Stuart Fielding once. That was a magnificent shot. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a sneaking suspicion the Knights might be the Smokies for the final series. But um, having said that, Eels are a shambles. Um, I just think Stuart, um, he's, he's, the way he's handling this whole situation is wrong. And I think he's really um, he's probably heading down the path of the, of the biggest act of fuckery from a yeah, coach. Of all time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although the other thing, the other thing to note as well, I mean, like, if Ricky Stewart cancelled their fucking Mad Monday party after this game, then you would have to consider then, in his opinion, there was a level of application that was far less in this game than there was in other games sure. as well, which then put cast doubt upon the scoreline a bit. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. I get where you're coming from. I just think the Knights, um, some of the tries they scored were fairly enterprising, but you know you're still going to have to execute those plays and. Um, All tries come from a tackle being missed or a fucking, you know, any defender being caught out. As I, I, just, I don't think Newcastle have got what it takes against, certainly against the top four teams, any of the top four teams that smash the Knights. You know, they might do a job on, uh, have, they got, have they got doggies this week? I mean, they might do a job on them, but I can't see them going too deep. Okay. I hope they do do a job on the doggies. I mean, that'd be, you know, fantastic. Um, where are we? Big Dan, 1985. Thanks for the warm-up match, Parramatta. What a fantastic way to send off Bedsy. Hash, what's the matter, Parramatta? The Scarecrow 23. Supporting para is just like being friend-zoned. <laughs> See, now I thought being friend-zoned was just, you know, like... I, I, I honestly don't know because, I mean, you know, I've never... I've never you don't have any friends. I've never, never come across a girl that didn't want the D. But... Oh, but... <laughs> But I thought being friend zoned was just like you know okay you're the friend and there's just basically no way to get out of that that position to you know take it take it further than that 
and you know you've been assigned by the girl and and you shall never overcome that that designation because that's what it's supposed to mean right so how is that it's like supporting Parramatta I would have thought that if you if friend zoned was like supporting Parramatta friend zoned is like you know when the girl straps on a massive dildo and jams you up the ass repeatedly against your will and that doesn't sound like friend zoned Definitely sounds like being a Parramatta fan, but that's what I mean. I need, I need to re, re, you know assess the what's the term for that? Being peg zoned or something like that. Maybe that's maybe that's the term to be peg zoned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but that's that's what I think it's more about. You thought way too long about that. Jr. Underscore Buff. It was the loss Parramatta needed to have. Cronulla Southern Sharks thirty eight. How many losses they had this season? And that's the one they had. Did to they have. win three, four? I think it was three like for the very longest time and then they beat you guys but that's terrible you don't talk about it will we okay mm-hmm. Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 38 defeated the Canberra Raiders 18 down there in Canberra in front of a miserable crowd of just over 7,500 the Sharkies 38 came from tries to Fecky Luke Lewis Jeff Robson Tyrone Peachy Bryce Gibbs Bryce Gibbs fucking that's a try for the ages and Bo Ryan Gordon 100% 6 from 6 and a penalty goal Canberra Raiders they had a double to Shiloh the pillow Milford scored a good try, and Croker three from three conversions. Yeah, it's, uh, Gibbsy getting the try, and the, and the way he did it as well. Yeah, was like was it Ben Ross? It was a Ben Ross had yeah. to basically fall 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 over the line, and, and he, he would have his knees would have been on the chalk, and so he dished it like unselfishly dished it up to him and broke a, a nudie run streak that I think was has been established ever since the two thousand and five oh, grand, grand final. final. Inc- fucking incredible. That, that that was I mean people want to talk about four bird eyes this or you know their you know their fucking their mother you know drinking goon and and flopping her udders about as a feel good stories of fucking of rugby league settle down Gibbs Bryce scored Gibbs a try that is the feel try. good story that is a feel good story of this season hands down I think the Sharks goal line defence has got no place in the finals <laughs> <laughs> the Raiders went up there and Shiloh dived over twice. Um, and well, Milford's try was pretty soft as well. Um, His is a good try, but I mean, they sort of just like yeah, they um. Oh, and then he had he had that other he one. He ran yeah. straight through the middle and, and then yeah. ran past Gordon like he was standing still. Yeah. I mean, and then he had another, pace. And then he had another one where he was sort of attacking from ten meters out, and it was pulled up for an obstruction as well. Sure. So, um, Fafita picked up an in- a calf injury in this game. Um, Says he'd be right to go this weekend, but um, so yeah, I presume it was mostly precautionary. Without his X factor, I think the Sharks lose the ability to shock the better teams. I think um, you know if they come up against a top four side later in the finals, if they are lucky to advance through this week, um, he's the sort of guy they're going to have to look to to uh, to give them a competitive edge against the best sides. And if he's not a hundred percent, he can't do that. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's face it, you know, they were down on troops here. They didn't have Gallon. He's out of suspension. They rested Tokani. The miracle of all miracles that actually won me a Supercoach Grand Final. <laughs> I had I had Gordon. The other guy had Carney. He was uh, projected to get a score of probably 30 more than me. And uh, Carney didn't get, and then Carney didn't play. In the end, though, Gordon went absolutely ballistic, uh, you know, scoring so many goals and, you know, whatever he did in general play as well, that um, he actually would have got me over the line by about three or four points. But still, what a beautiful thing to, uh, you know, not have that pressure. 
Ben Dunn, 43. Why are the Canberra Raiders tanking? Are they after the West Tigers' number one draft pick? I'll fucking kick that guy nuts. Footy Facts 37 said, Thank Christ it's over. Unless Sean Fenson kills an orphan on Mad Monday, 2013 cannot have been worse for the Raiders. <laughs> Dashing Dan 1. Raiders head for Mad Monday. Peanut butter sales skyrocket. And that's it. Short and sweet. Previews for week one, the qualifying and elimination semi-finals for the 2013 Telstra Premiership. And uh, the first one, second versus third, the first qualifying final, the Rabbitohs versus the Storm on Friday night. Tough gig uh, for the Rabbitohs if they're going to... Um if they're going to take out the comp, they're going to have to go through the storm. Um, it's, you know, there's a lot of people talking the Rabbitohs' chances up and, and the storm of the defending premiers, so they're not going to go lightly. Um, I just, I still have that sneaking suspicion that the storm are a couple of degrees off, and I think the Rabbitohs might get them. I think the storm are a couple of degrees off by uh, design. Uh, they have an excellent record over the Rabbitohs, and you know it's the point where the Rabbitohs can't really defeat them, and um, this will be no different. And I think that the uh, the Rabbitohs are going to suffer another soul-crushing defeat. Um, the fan support will drop off, and uh, they'll be gone two and zero. They're going to be the uh, Gold Coast Titans of this season. Simple as that. Storm, Storm not even trolling. Storm, Storm. He may as well be an East fan. The spine, the, the spine of the Storm are, um, uh, uh, you know, they're big match players at international level, at state, you know, state of origin level. I mean, these guys have been there and done that. Whereas Adam Reynolds, like Sutton's never been a good player. This year he's, you know, come out of his shell a little bit and, you know, cop some media attention for being decent. Uh, Reynolds, he's a fantastic player and certainly a player of the future, but under certain, under certain pressure, they just don't seem to do the job. And, um, you know, and let me tell you, if the East can apply that sort of pressure to halves, Storm can apply that fucking pressure. Don't oh, worry absolutely. about that. Um, okay, next we have the first elimination final. Part of the double header. Fifth versus eight. Sharkies in fifth, taking on North Queensland Cowboys. Cowboys, pretty hot side at the moment. Got a bit of a streak yeah, coming. I mean, they're that been... side, aren't they? They're, they're stormed into the finals with a bit of momentum um, based on a pretty... Tidy finish to the season after um, being in all sorts of trouble, not all that far from the end. Yeah, I mean they've had they've had a pretty a pretty easy draw, and even if some of the teams haven't been the easier teams of the competition, they've been you know when they've you know suffered you know injuries, a lot of injuries to their sides, so they don't really resemble the side that they're going to be taking on in the finals game. And in fact, the Sharkies is one of those teams. I mean, they had Sharkies a couple of weeks ago, and you know, Sharkies I think they were without Carney at the very least in that game. They were under strength, and um, you know, and were beaten, not massively though. And uh, I think that, um, you know, it's a big test for the Sharkies, though. I mean, yeah, once again, momentum's a huge thing, especially in the finals. I saw people saying, you know, North Queensland Cowboys could be the paramount of this year. And uh, I wouldn't go that As far. They're going to win the wooden spoon from Next, eighth spot. Yeah. <laughs> what? But, um, yeah, I would think that uh, the Sharkies, well, they're both playing away from, you know, favoured home grounds, but the Cowboys... This is an absolute horror, a horror field for them. Mm. I mean, admittedly, it's more horrible when they're playing Manly because Manly have beaten them you know, several times over the last couple of final series. But, um, you know, Sharkies. I'm going to go the Sharks. Really know. I'm going to go the Sharks. I want the Sharks to, to, to win because I think they deserve to at least get one win in this final series for their performances over the course of the whole season. The Cowboys have just put a little bit of a spurt on at the end and just jagged their way in. And um, now for that, they should be... 
pumped, mercilessly pumped, and uh, and give Neil Henry back his job <laughs> because clearly the fucking system works. <laughs> clearly he's not going to get a job anywhere else. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just just quietly, um, you know, when two of you were saying, I thought you know the best referees would go to the best games. Hmm. You got Shane Hayden and Jared Maxwell in the Friday night game. In this game, fifth versus eight, so arguably the lowest quality game of the round. Matt Chechen and Henry Perinara. <laughs> Magnificent. So, yeah, there you go. There might be something to into what Twos was saying. Uh, okay, next, the second qualifying final. First versus fourth, the Roosters versus the mighty Manly Sea Eagles. Second part of the doublehead at 7 p.m. Saturday night. And what a fantastic game this is going to be. A One big of the test for the Roosters. Big strike, big strike weapon for the Roosters uh, in, in, uh, in letters. Always lifts against his former club um, and plays like an absolute psychopath. And uh, he's gone for this game. I've said uh, privately to a couple of different people that um, unfortunately I think Manly are probably the team to beat. Um, and I, th- and I, I think that's for a number of reasons. I think they can go with any team um, attack-wise. They can go with any team that they may come up against defensively. And then when it comes down to it, if it just becomes purely an arm wrestle, they're probably the toughest team in the final series. And, and that's... That's a sort of three-pronged attack. That's a triple threat, Nathan. And then you That's add to that is. experience in, in this exact scenario. Big game experience. Nine years I straight mean, in the finals, three years straight in top four. They've got um, you know, they've got a lot of strings to their bow, and the Roosters, you know, they've been, they've had good sides. They've, you know, wilted. Then they've, you know, the next season they've had good sides again. And as far as this group goes, and the vast majority of this group, I think. Um, you know, the, the Maloney hasn't really played a lot of... You know, he played Origin this year, but as far as club, big club games... Well, he would have played 2011 Grand Final. Bad memories there, right? True. Certainly against his, his opponent in this mm-hmm. game. Um, so I think Maloney's probably covered as far as experience. Uh, Mitchell Pierce has, you know, had plenty of Origin experience, albeit most all unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Um I just, I just think the experience factor and the fact that the Eagles are probably a bit tougher than the Roosters, they'll probably get them home. I like the way you're thinking. Um, a little bit understaffed, but they do welcome back uh, Anthony Watmo, which is great. Um, there must be some... I like the Roosters as a side. I just I just think that the Eagles will make it a real... Not not even necessarily scrappy, because I think they can, they can match it with the Roosters. Yeah. Uh, and they can certainly have the defensive structure... Um, to trouble the Roosters and, and limit their points. And then when it comes to Manly's turn with the ball, um, they've got enough options in attack to really give the Roosters problems. Um, and then, you know, in the in the times where the game does um, develop into that arm wrestle sort of, you know, battle for possession and field position, the Manly are, are clearly tougher across, the you know, the vast majority of the park, saying build the side. I agree 100%. Um, the only there must be a question, uh, an injury question over one of the forwards there. Um, Hassan's there in eighteen. I presume that means that what my although named is not a hundred, you know, a hundred percent. He's going to be there, which you know means that someone like Tom Simons would slot into there, and Hassan would come onto the bench. But um, yeah, I'm happy with the side we've got under the circumstances. It's as full strength as we're going to get at this time of the year, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a good win and a week off. Next. We have the second elimination final, 6th versus 7th. Doggies versus the Knights over there at ANZ Stadium. Uh, this one, 
Ashley Klein, the main referee, that's fucking disgraceful. So, you know, don't expect too much there, guys. Um, and, okay, let's see what we got. Well, the doggies. I, I think thought, the Knights I think the Knights in this game. I, I thought think. the doggies were going to welcome back some players this week, but apparently not. I thought we were, I thought Pritchard was looking at being back and I thought that maybe Barber's hmm, off the bench again. Barber's off the bench again. Um, oh, I don't know. I just really think that the Knights have probably got enough enough form on the board and um I just think we might see the Bulldogs blasted out given the, the disruption that they've had this season and then I think the covers will really be blown off this uh, the barber situation once their season ends. Yeah. And um, but I just I can't see them hanging on. I can't see them gritting out a win against the Knights. And I think the Knights will have too many points in them, too many options in attack. To me, it seems like it's a situation where uh, if the doggies get you know a dream start and get a couple of tries, they you know they they could very well go on with it. But I think if it's a hard start for them, if Knights score first. And maybe if the Knights score first and second, yeah, there's going to be a point there where where this season and disunity and everything like that, they're not going to want to fucking go you know into the trenches hardcore. Yeah, if they're behind by a couple of converted tries with twenty to go, I can't see them doing it. No, I agree. Okay, so I think I've got yeah. Well, at the moment, we're looking at the Rabbitohs are slight favourites over the Storm. Uh, Sharkies are pretty decent favourites over the Cowboys. Um, slightly less of a margin between the Roosters and the Sea Eagles. And yeah, the biggest fa- the biggest favourites of the round, the doggies, Tigers. doggies over the Knights. Can you believe that? I'm after, like, after everything we just said, I'm just I'm just talking about just as, as far as as far as odds are concerned. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm just not seeing it. I mean, they must be just like you know really wrapped up in Des Hasler factor, and you know just this this you know hope among you know hope above hope that he gets him gets him there ready to go or something. I don't know. I think that is a big factor when you've got. Um, a couple of guys that haven't got a huge amount of finals experience in Maguire mm-hmm. and Robinson um, in amongst this group of, of eight teams that are, are left. Yep. Um, guys like Bennett, yep. Hasler, Bellamy, um, those sort of guys become gold. Yep. Because um, you, you just think even if they've got a, a squad that might be a bit banged up or, or you know less talented, you, you can't deny the talent in the Roosters um, and South squads. Yep. But they do leave themselves to be outcoached. Yep. Um, and I think that is really a factor when you're talking about you know the Bellamy's and the and the Haslers and the and the Bennets of the world. Mm-hmm. They can overcome a talent deficiency by way of their coaching, and and that's why they pay the big bucks. Um, yep. Certainly, Bennett's at the top of the tree there. I feel. Yep. Um, but Hasler's not without his tricks, and, and Bellamy as well. So. Um, I just, um, I think that can be a factor, but I'm just not sure about the dogs. Uh, I think that I would agree. They might, uh, you know, have a premature end to the into their final series, because um, I think everything just might catch up with them. That is full time for episode 137. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League on Facebook as well. Facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button and uh, share our posts around, retweet the tweets, stuff like that. Really helps us out spreading the word. iTunes, we had two new reviews over the last seven days. And the first one we'll say is from M. Luke. Five stars, five stars. And it's literally they've written out five stars as well. I can safely say without hyperbole, 
I assume they want that to be said as hyperbole. That this week in league is the revelation of the podcast world. The language is about as civilized as you would expect from a clock-loving state trader and a one-eyed ref blaming Manly fan, and they bring about as much professional to the, professionalism to their hobby as Benji Marshall. But if you can put up with Nate and Carl Pilkington whinging and whining about their undefeated asterisk teams of destiny's woes for about an hour and a half, there's usually a couple of minutes of informative and insightful rugby league content. The Tigers may be in decline, but this podcast certainly isn't. Do your trifle and ass a favour and download it now. A fitting podcast for the greatest game of all, Real Talk. That is a fantastic <laughs> review. Just, I mean, they're just throwing just about every fucking little you know, signature catch thing in there. Amazing. Next one, Not Bad, five stars from Gary Gallon. <laughs> a genuinely intriguing insight into the little discussed and most fascinating world of Polynesian sexuality. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, Gary Gallon. I thought he would have called us called us all sads or you know like loses. You're just but, a sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> loses. <laughs> but yeah, thanks, thanks, Gary. Um, if indeed that is you, really are. Uh, fantasy. Okay, so we had that group competition where it was based on points, and oh, an upset in the last round. Cerberus has come through to win by four points. You have know, fucking four points in fantasy is. It's like a couple of tackles, a couple of hit ups. That's awesome. Over the course of an entire season. Uh yeah, he's won over Mighty Bulldogs. Uh Dane Laurie for PM came in next and he was only once again, he was only like, you know, sixty behind that. Um Greendale Goblins, MC Willie blocked, Toto's Terrors, Jolly As, El Ducho's Dopers on a blood buzz in ninth, and Burke's Eagles tenth. So uh, from from tenth to first was six hundred and twenty three points. So Jesus. not much at all. Um now the big the big competitions obviously are the super coach ones. And uh, regrettably the winner of uh, this week in league uh, the Twill Nation one comp was Reaper Crew, uh, which is our Paraman MK two. His side barely made the finals in any comp he was in, but the ones that did scrape in just clicked at the right time with amounting massive fucking scores, just trashing everybody on the way, which is fucked. Uh, Tool Nation number two, the winner, me, Stark Direwolf Sensational, and uh, against someone who was loopholing Corey Parker, it was captain too, so it's always, always satisfying to beat people like that. And speaking of uh, this week in league competition number three, the Premier, me. Uh, beating Mighty Bulldogs, who came second on our group competition as well. So their failure to get those four points that cost them the top of that competition, it also cost them the uh, Twill Nation number three premiership. Number four was Diggers of Fortune. Number five, uh, the Dank All-Stars. Six, Bennett Can't Coach. Seven, Artemis P1. And uh, I believe that we... um, have an eighth competition out there that was uh, hosted by someone else and uh, I don't have the result for that so we'll bring that next week whoever the premier of that may be and uh, you know we have to throw out something to the winners I reckon uh, yeah I think that's a great idea okay so maybe a big get fucked <laughs> I think something more tangible than okay. that so um, so I'll tell you what if, you, if you're one of those winners we read out send us an email to hello at thisweekinleague.com so we can organise something okay um, the tipping our tipping contest, a lot of ended, but ours goes through the finals as well. So it's not quite over, although the amounts of matches to tip on every week are you know, going to be decreasing uh, week on week. So with that in mind, I think that we probably have a two-horse race here. Two people tied at the top, Voodoo Rock and Troy Schroeder. Uh, very close, only 13 points difference on the, the margin as well. So it's going to come down to the wire. They're both on 138. Uh, Desi's Ducks, 136. Boxcar Jason, 136. Williams, 277, 136. So those guys are an outside chance, but I mean, with two points adrift of the lead and with like only four games to tip this week and, you know, less and less as we go, 
you know, we've probably got what about another ten games to tip all season. So it's going to be hard, t- yeah. tough to make up, tough you know, game. two points in that amount of time. Then back on one thirty-five, we've got Ben Diggity and Lynn. Then back on one thirty-four, the real Jedi and Aussie one 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 nine eight. So real Jedi is, is in eighth position now. Uh, it didn't have a great week last week. In fact, not many people in the top 10 did. Uh, Bendham like Fooey Fooey, 133. Big Dan, 133 in 11th. And Animal NZ, 133 in 12th. So those guys are obviously fighting out for a top 10 finish. And, uh, you know, I guess those guys, anyone from, you know, 6th to 12th, you know, they can sort of have a crack at the top five. But I think we're probably looking at a two-horse race for the actual overall title. Um Shop still got very small stock of the Revelation shirt. Uh, hats are all good. Stubby, stubby coolers are all good. Um, so hit uh, thisweekinleague.com and hit the online store there because uh, we're clearing stuff out. The Revelation shirt, half price, only 20 bucks. And if you spend over 50 bucks, you're going to get yourself a free stubby cooler as well. And of course, don't forget the Tigers in Decline shirt. I mean, we, we messed up a little bit in terms of not having a great deal of stock after all the pre-orders, but that's because the pre-orders went heaps crazier than, than initially... Uh, expected but i know we've still got you know we've still got a fair bit of like you know smalls medium larges and i think even xls as well the larger sizes and the the, the kids ones are gone the larger the size, yeah the larger sizes like 2x up are probably gone um and any and the kids ones are gone but i think small medium large xl uh we've still got enough so um yeah hit the store grab those and uh yeah and i mean obviously we've had a bit of disruption over the last two weeks with the last two episodes being uh, a little bit delayed so um, that's obviously tr- trickled down other things as well like the undefeated shirt but we will get something going before the end of the season there definitely and you know we may even throw out real talk as well just give people the options and that's it done oh actually no one, what we should say there's the two things that came through while we were recording the show this evening um, the first one and I need to kind of find it so I can chase it up and just loading this link to load up here. Anthony Watts copped an eight-week ban for biting the guy on the cock. Um, the article says, Rugby League bad boy Anthony Watts has been slapped with an eight-week ban for contrary conduct after he was accused of biting a rival's penis. The Gold Coast Rugby League judiciary handed down the penalty on Tuesday night after a one-hour hearing. Uh, he plays for the Chugan Seahawks local league team, was charged after biting, allegedly, a Balambo, well, I guess he did now, a Balambo Jets opponent on the penis during a match on September the 1st. TV footage showed the Jets player apparently reeling in pain. Uh, Watts and Gold Coast Rugby League officials emerged from the one-hour hearing on Tuesday night, refusing to comment. An official from Watts' club, the Chugan Seahawks, who accompanied the league bad boy to the meeting, would only say that the player had received a fair hearing. Officials said the Queensland Rugby League would be making a statement on Wednesday morning. Watts' lawyer, Mark Williams of Pot of Potts lawyers confirmed the eight-week suspension. Now, Mr. Watts has seven days to lodge an appeal and intends on seeking legal advice on it. He denied deliberately biting a Balamble Jets opponent during a local league match last month. He told media that while Watts absolutely denies any biting of any nature has taken place, if there's been any contact made to that particular area of this gentleman's body, our client apologises. Um, apparently, the victim dropped his pants to complain to the referee and he suffered a pretty nasty wound. You'll have to make sure the wound won't get infected. There was some skin removed. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Anthony Watts is just flossing out bits of some bloke's foreskin. Exactly. So maybe that's a new a, a new area that he can move into. You know, some sort of contract foreskin flossing, con- contract circumcisions, or something like that. <laughs> Um, and on that note well no no I've got one more thing to say uh, and the NS Bear China got back to us again and I uh, said you know was it like you know was it a, uh, an Australian cousin that visited these guys and gave them the Manly merchandise and he said no just a dumb yank on holiday who thought Manly winning was a good thing now the owner knows the story he loves it and Manly 
So there you go. Mm. A happy ending to a long saga. <laughs> so there we go. Another 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 member of the Manly family, and uh, who who loves the goodness and enjoys the uh, the historic forty nil. And um, Krim Karan has yep. uh, sent us a photo. He's received his Tiger in the client shirt. And the sad part is, as I mentioned earlier, he doesn't live too far from me. And there's a picture of him dressed in nothing but his Tigers in the client shirt. And a, a manly scarf. I think it's a smile. I mean, the man's very unattractive. And a manly scarf. standing. He looks like he's preparing for the shower. Um... I don't know that he's got enough. I'm just having a look in the background at his shower. I don't think there's enough soap and stuff to wash off that manly scarf filth. Um, he's looking resplendent in his Tigers decline shirt, though. As as everyone who does. I mean, you did too when you wore it as well. No, I didn't. I know, I know it broke you up inside, but outside did you fucking look sexual. Did you want to bite me on the penis and then floss out my foreskin from your teeth? Oh, for starters, yeah. for foreplay. Yeah, because you're a classy gentleman. <laughs> exactly. That's what I love about you, Nathan. Yeah, exactly. I'll give you a reach round, no worries. <laughs> let's that do, let's all, finish, please. That's, that's all we've got time for this week, so we'll talk to you guys next week. Go Manly in the finals. Go go West Tigers. Uh, you know, I guess they're playing against, against Chappelle Corby's fucking prison side. <laughs> in a, in the a, Chappelle Corby All-Stars. In like, a, in like, a, in like a, a, a longest yard sort of scenario. And... Uh, <laughs> And you're like, good on them for taking the game to, to Indonesia. <laughs> Goodbye, Nathan. <laughs>